Hey, welcome to the Written by Podcast, the number one podcast in the world. Right behind all the other ones. Right behind all the other ones. This is uh, this is it. Yeah. I can't remember how the Michael Jackson song goes, but it's, it's like that. It's like this is it. Mm-hmm. Michael this Jackson. Is, yeah, we uh, this is this is the calm before the storm. This is right before the big finale. Right before yeah. he wraps stuff up for the year. Yeah, this is crazy. I mean, at the time of this taping, we still have quite a bit left of the season to yeah. air. But yeah. recording schedule wise, this is it. We we recorded a little bit ahead of last year. Like we're really? about to do the finale. Yeah. Which we, is interesting because I feel like we got really behind. And then we had to like catch up on our tapings this year. Because we missed a lot of weeks. It did happen at one point. Yeah. Yeah. We made it happen. Hey, you know us. We're the hardest working screenwriting slash storytelling podcast behind all the other ones. <laughs> behind all the other We're not trying to make enemies with the big boys, all right? Yeah. Like uh, Story Break. I mean, they, they aren't even a thing anymore. Yeah, but we still want to disrespect them. Yeah. We don't want to disrespect Writer's Room Game Show, but those, yeah. those people have been too busy making actual movies to do their podcasts, so... Are we allowed to say that? They've posted about it. They've they posted about it, yeah. 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 I mean, we got some behind-the-scenes <laughs> knowledge, because we're we're so tied into the industry, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, how, how long is it going to be before we're making actual movies? Because... Uh, Right now is not the time to ask me that question. Because <laughs> right now I'll say never. Never. In fact, we'll probably die poor and alone yeah, very we, soon. We have things in the works. That's the that's the whole reason we're doing a low-key episode today. Yeah, but, uh, we've been I, working. I realized that, that it's been a thing that's happened every season. <laughs> Towards the end, we get busy and we just get on here and talk about what we've been working on, what we've been watching and stuff. Yeah. So I feel like at this point, it's now an annual thing that we have one episode toward the end of the year. Where we, just, just like, we just talk. We're just, this is what we got going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we're not going to do a uh, bowl episode this week. I don't know what we're going to title it, but it's going to be something clickbaity based on something we say. Yeah. It should be like the podcast is ending question mark. And then we never address it. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. We'd get a lot of clicks. <laughs> then people would get angry at us. Because uh, we just hit our uh, our like in-season boost. Oh, yeah. Usually we kind of uh, we lose a handful of listeners towards the end of the season. And then right at the end, we usually bring in one of our friends like Shama or PD or, or someone, and we get a little bit of a ratings boost just to get us through the end of the season. So, yeah. I bet we could. I bet we I, We might do that. The podcast is over? <gasps> there, there's the thumbnail, yeah. <laughs> Dude, those thumbnails crack me up because you always make you very nice and smiling, and then there's me doing the most bizarre thing. But then... I mean, it's not like I ever just sit still. Yeah. Have we have we been over this though? Have yeah, we, yeah, but yeah. you know, I still think about. I it. don't. <laughs> <laughs> there was one week where I tried to get myself to do a silly pose, but I just I don't play to the camera enough. I'm always looking at you. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not. <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing all these crazy poses, when I'm doing you know? all these crazy jokes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, can we talk about the project that we're working on currently? I don't I don't want to talk too much about it, but yeah. 
I think I think one thing we should tell our listeners is at the end of last year, we were like, hey, we're shooting the Undeserted short. And yeah. we've talked about this a little bit in outros and stuff, but uh, we hit a point where we're really passionate about the idea. Yeah. We really want it to lead toward a feature. And so we're going to figure out the feature version more. But what we haven't been telling you is we've also had an even bigger opportunity come our way yeah. working on right now for a for another short film but a short film that we could do on a bigger, bigger scale, scale than the previous ones which yeah. would be sick and yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're very excited about it we're still writing it the hard part about writing when you're not on an hour podcast yeah. like you're locked in yeah. is it sometimes takes more than an hour <laughs> it, it does it does yeah when you only have an hour it only takes an hour that's but when true, you have, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, I'll say that like we, so we first came up with the initial outline kind of similar to written by you, me and yeah. Gunner was there. And over the course of like maybe two hours, hours yeah. yeah, we outlined, we had an outline by the end of it. Yeah. And we were all, we left there all very excited. And then we realized we had to actually do some work. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, Robert is taking on kind of the front of the responsibilities. And so, uh. He immediately got to work, and then he just, you know, shows us, and we get to be like, no! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a really fun project, because uh, I'm, uh, I'm directing it, and then I think all I'm going to say about it is I'm directing it, and you and Gunnar are the two leads, yeah. and... We have a really fun concept. It is it is in the horror space. It's going to be our first horror thing. Yeah. I and mean, we've done horror comedy. That's true. Yeah. And depending, I mean, we both consider Trouble Date to be horror-esque. Exactly. Trouble Date is me just like itching to play in that world. Yeah. And we're finally going to fully swing yeah. that way. A big reason that you wanted to do a horror short is because you haven't done like a, like a true horror thing. And you wanted to try to get some some reps in. Yeah, well, because all the features I've been writing have been horror. horror. So I kind of need to need to play in that sandbox a little. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, I guess we can. I mean... Because you've been working on that script for about a year now. About that, yeah. yeah. I, I technically have a first draft, but it's not it's not something I want to I want to send to people yet. Mm-hmm. I'll work a little more on it. It's, uh, it's ambitious, and it's playing with a lot of themes and i feel like if i introduce it to people too early they're gonna say to cut some of that stuff out but like in my head all the different things still work together i just haven't found the right way to fit the puzzle pieces so yeah so i've held on to it and maybe i do need to cut some stuff but uh i'm at least gonna try 100 percent on my vision and then see if it's possible but i mean maybe you don't need to cut anything yeah maybe maybe someone reads it and they go hey don't cut anything at all Add add more stuff. Add more. Yeah. But what do you want me to add? The Smurfs. Add the Smurfs. <laughs> when in doubt, add the Smurfs. I've been watching a lot of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Oh, for your, your yeah. YouTube video. That's what I've been up to. I've been doing YouTube stuff. Because yeah. I got monetized on YouTube. Yeah, and I'm making cash money. Making money, yeah. I mean, every day I get more money. <laughs> for no work. I already did the work. I did the work last year. And I'm getting paid for it now. That's called investing in yourself. <laughs> and if you download my seminar down in the link below, I will show you how to put in the work now so that you can get paid later. Yeah. That's the end of the bit. 
<laughs> dude so we when we uh ask me about my horror script when we were yeah. on that we were on one of the calls with gunner about the project we're working on mm-hmm. he was talking about kind of his philosophy behind horror movies and about how more than any genre they're mm-hmm. kind of they're very thematically led but not in a way that uh almost like fairy tale-esque and they all have like something to the core of them like some yeah. sort of strong theme or like moral kind of like a the old school dark fairy tale but uh and yeah like uh the thing is about mccarthyism or yeah or you know uh i'm not bringing up new new ideas to the table uh-huh. here but you know like frankenstein's monster yeah how you know he's not really the monster we are the monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's usually a dark theme. Yeah, in and it was really interesting because, like, they all, you think about it, they all have something at their core, but they're still really fun to watch. Like, it mm. almost makes digesting those themes the easier. Yeah. Because, like, there, there are drama movies that are about the exact same thing as horror movies that no one's going to watch because it sounds depressing. But when you package it with a monster or a ghost or something. Yeah. Science fiction does that too. Yeah, where yeah. like whether it's Black Mirror, Twilight Zone, Doctor Who, Star Trek. Oftentimes, it's like, hey, here's a very real world problem, but it's aliens. Yeah, and so you don't think it's as close to home, and then at the end, you realize like <laughs> racism is bad. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. See, I was I was thinking about this because I saw I saw Little Shop of Horrors for the first time it's last great. night. Yeah, it's great. I'm yeah. a mean green monster from outer space, and I'm bad. Yeah, and it, it's funny because it's so funny, and I just oh, got a work email. That's unprofessional. <laughs> that is so unprofessional, Robert. <laughs> Emailing me about Israel. <laughs> they might be. They might be, dog. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, Little Shop of Horrors is so fun and so camp and extra, but it's it's this story about what happens when you compromise your morals for success and how that swings out of control. And doesn't that just sound so silly after watching the movie? Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, no. <laughs> it's about a monster. Yeah. It's a plant, and he eats things. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a... It's fun thinking of it that way because I'm sure a lot of a lot of our audience has come to us from our comedy work, mm-hmm. and they might not even be that into horror because I used to not be that into horror. Yeah, but uh, I'm excited to play with it on this next project because I really feel like if you can master making people laugh and scaring people, I think that's that's and the makings got, of a great filmmaker. Yeah, then you just got to learn how to make them cry. Yeah, and I mean, who didn't shed a tear? When Donnie got punched in the face at the end of the trouble date. It was the most tragic it was, moment. I mean, everyone we were cared about that character so much. We were yeah. all rooting for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Um, I'm very excited for that project. Um, I'm excited for us to get around to Undeserted. Yeah. Um, this being our last episode of the season, that means that we'll probably switch over to more of like meeting once a week to work on other things. Yeah, yeah. We've been be. wanting to do that for a while, yeah. and I really wanted to be that. Also, when Chase says it's the last episode, we still have the rival pitch finale, right? So, have our best of episode, but right, right. But you yeah, know, the yeah. last one we're recording for a, a bit. exactly. 
Last one before you go head to head one more time. Yeah, dude. And I'm not going to lie. I'm stressed. <laughs> I am stressed. Well, hey, we finished a little earlier this season, so you could have a few more weeks to prepare dude, something. Dude, you know how embarrassing it was last time? <laughs> <laughs> To think that I did okay and then watch the greatest SpongeBob trailer of all time. Well, okay, you want to know? You want to know the real reason? You want to <laughs> know the real reason, guys? I had just broken up with my girlfriend the week before that, so like that's all I was doing that week. Yeah, just to distract myself. And I mean, Robert went in there with the pain of a recently single person. Exactly. And then yeah. I just walked in. <laughs> Let's see. When did we shoot that? What month last year? It would have been November. Yeah. Uh, just bought an engagement ring. That's right. Yeah, I didn't stand a chance. There was no pain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, should, you should you should get Elizabeth to divorce you just for a week, just so you could have some pain to go with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I opened my pitch with, uh, "We're separated." Yeah, and then you were like, "It's gonna be like an anime." So like, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Well, the stakes are if you win rival pitches, she'll get back together. <laughs> it's it's for all the marbles. Man. But uh yeah, I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do for my pitch yet. I know I have some pitches I like, but uh my favorite pitch I've actually been looking into maybe writing for real. Right. Well that's immediately what I thought of when I was like, what is Robert gonna do? And I was like, maybe he won't do it though. Because he's actually been working on it. Yeah, I don't know. See, I actually, I already have a teaser trailer for it. Yeah, You've seen it. but Maybe uh, you should use it. And yeah. then that could be your way to kind of show yeah. it off. I might not, though. I don't want to present something that's half-baked if I really yeah. want to do it. I might try to do just the funniest thing. Yeah. I'll give know. you a heads up. I... <laughs> I don't think it's my best pitch, but I have thought about the Tonka Truck movie. The Tonka Truck movie is, is fun. It's just a good idea all around. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to go see that? You cast Tom Cruise in it, people will go. Yeah. Ah, man. Tonka Trucks, but with Fast and the Furious style. Dang, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Because I have a lot of pitches from this season that I like that yeah. I did. But you have to remember, you have to put together... A, like a pitch reel, you yeah. Had to put the, oh man, yeah. Oh jeez, <laughs> dude. Oh. What a let's distract you from uh, from spirally. What have you been watching recently? <laughs> Robert knows me too well. <laughs> he knows I'll start spirally. Uh, I've been watching um, McMillions, the docu series on HBO Max. Yeah. Okay. Do you know that like happened here in greenville yeah yeah i no, did about it yeah we're just watching this documentary and then they were like yeah we sent it to the greenville news and i was like uh-huh. the greenville news was a part of something <laughs> yeah no i remember well i don't remember the greenville news article but there was like a big new york times article about that i remember reading that and then there was this huge bidding war for who was going to get the movie right so they still haven't made a movie about it yeah but the the doc yeah. It's really good. Have you watched all of it? I think you said you watched the first episode. I watched the first episode, yeah. I haven't you seen should all finish of it. it. It's really good. Okay. I've been watching that. I've been watching Doctor Who. I've been watching Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Uh, for my uh, YouTube thing, I'm going to watch. I'm going to try to watch. Yeah. It's a big endeavor. Uh-huh. Watch every single Hanna-Barbera cartoon. <laughs> it's like 173 of them. Yeah. I got through eight. <laughs> this week. Yeah, but here's the thing. This is how they get you. Uh, for example, Huckleberry Hound 
it's a TV 30-minute slot with three different cartoons. Okay. So it's Huckleberry Hound, Yogi Bear, and then this other one I don't remember. There's a lot of non-memorable ones. Okay. But I'm still in the beginning stages. By the end of this, I will be an expert. Yeah. And I will it'll be one of my uh one of my things where when people bring it up I can be like, "Well, did you know?" <laughs> <laughs> like the Universal Monster movies. But yeah, what have you been watching? I uh well, Little, Sh- Little Shovel Horrors last night. That's it was great. great. The uh if you're in Greenville, Gut Punch Cinema, cool, cool group of people. Yeah, they they show films. We stuff. watched it in a plant shop, which is the which, coolest thing. Yeah, dude, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. But uh, earlier this week, I finally saw The Creator. I saw that you logged that on yeah. Letterboxd. Did you like it? I Overall, I did. I don't think... Like, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I'll even go as far as to say maybe the first half, I was kind of bored of it. But mm. it... Uh, it really it really off. picked up towards the end and more than anything that director is just so great at creating a sci-fi world like mm. it's the most intriguing lived-in feeling sci-fi movie i've seen in, like forever wow. it just has such a cool aesthetic to it that is cool it uh cuz it's about these these ai robots that are they're basically human so i was asking the question like you know are they human have we created our own living right. beings or not and there's like a spirituality aspect where like the 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 ai robots have kind of made their own like religion and so oh. it's like this futuristic world the but creator. there's it uh it all takes place in new asia so <laughs> So it's this futuristic sci-fi world, but there are all these like robot monks and this all these temples, and it's really interesting. That is really cool. Well, it's that, almost it's almost Avatar-ish, like if Avatar cool. took place in the future. That's cool. I can see that from what I've seen on the trailers and stuff. Yeah. I always think it's interesting. You said uh, New Asia. Yeah. There's uh, things in media where we're just so used to hearing them like they're just such a part of pop uh-huh. culture that you don't realize how bad of a name it is like batman yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. if you tried making a superhero today you can't call it batman and you called yeah. it you know cowboy <laughs> and it's like oh like a cowboy no it's like yeah. cowboy <laughs> people would be like that's yeah. so lame spider-man you have to be like prince of the dark or something yeah like. <laughs> or, or something uh tongue-in-cheek like uh like, the utterly mad, mad cow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's all I got about that. Yeah. I just think it's interesting how, like, New Asia is a terrible name. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it sounds that way, but think of all the places here. Exactly. Like New York. Like, you don't think about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was a place called York. Yeah. And, and they, they like, made a the new, new one. one. <laughs> That's a terrible name. But I want to, I like, take over a country and make it New South Carolina. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, promise? Because maybe then that means old South Carolina is gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my homies hate South Carolina. <laughs> no, nah, it's okay here. Dude, you want to know the coolest thing about the creator, though? Yes. I don't know how big of a percentage of this film was shot on this, but apparently a lot of the movie was shot on these really tiny Sony cameras. I don't know the, really? I don't, I don't know all the camera names or anything, but it's kind of like just a step above like what we use at work. Yeah, 
I think I know what camera you're talking about because Sony tried to release their line of like cinema cams. Yeah. To compete with yeah. Canon's lines. Yeah, but it uh, I, I I might be wrong about this. I think they were mirrorless cameras too, oh, that's so like cool. the really compact ones. And like the cool thing about the movie is like it looks like it was shot on those cameras, but really? in in the best way possible. Hmm. Where like it kind of it has that feeling that it's shot on like what this podcast is shot on like a C two hundred or yeah. something, but. Of course, it still has like the best lighting in the world. It has Which the is best VFX kind of the in the world. the most important thing yeah. is the lighting. But part of what makes the sci-fi world feel so lived in and real is that it's being shot on these same cameras that like it's just a little bit of a step above what like a vlogger like Casey Neistat would be and recording. So that's so what makes it feel and makes so. it feel more real. And they could also they could catch all these little B roll shots because of the agility that they wouldn't be able to. They're not bigger. locked down on a giant. Like there will be rig. these montages, and then you'll just get random shots of a city, random shots of like sheep around, and then they'll go in and add sci fi stuff later, and it's like capturing stuff just on the fly that's and like so putting cool. it in the sci fi. Like it really. It was just such an immersive experience. Thing. That's, yeah. that's super. Even sick. though there are parts of the story I wish were better, like it's. I'm really glad I saw it in a theater. Otherwise, you might have been like yeah. zoned out on your phone. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Let's see. I watched Creature from the Black Lagoon. Dude, how was I? I've been meaning to watch that for forever. It's it's really good. Yeah, it's really really good. I ranked it uh, just under. When it comes to the Universal Monster movies, I ranked it just under The Bride of Frankenstein, okay. which is considered by many to be the absolute best. Yeah, I consider it just a little bit less than The Invisible Man. Okay, but yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon. That movie is like the under. So you got to remember, it was shot in like nineteen. I want to say fifty-two, fifty-four. Mm-hmm. So it might have been shot in fifty-three or whatever. Yeah. There's so many underwater scenes where you see the creature underwater, fighting underwater, you know, following someone underwater, interacting with someone underwater. And because it was shot in the 50s, there's no visual effects. So they literally just had a stunt guy in this rubber suit underwater. And he could either, he could hold his, if he was doing action, he could hold his breath for up to two minutes at a time. And if he was just sitting underwater, he could do it for four minutes at a time. And you're watching these underwater scenes, and it's just, like, incredible. In my opinion, that's what really sets it apart yeah. from Dracula. Like, I mean, plot-wise, it's pretty similar to all the other monster movies, you know? The monster is being attacked by humans and retaliates, and then they're the monster. But the underwater element really sets it apart. I mean, there's one part, and this isn't a spoiler, but there's a part where the girl, the lady that the creature falls in love with, she's swimming. And at one point she goes under the water and we see the creature watching her. And she does, it's almost like she's doing ballet underwater. And it's beautiful. And then you remember like, oh, they actually just did, there's a cameraman under the water trying to catch like how yeah and the best movies make you forget that like yeah. oh there's a guy at the bottom of a pool just <laughs> yes and they shot it breath. they shot it in florida i don't i don't know if it was in like a controlled 
tank or something like that, but it looks like they were just at the bottom of a lake yeah. or an ocean or something. Maybe not an ocean, yeah. but like a lagoon. Dude, I need to watch this, man. Yeah, it's really I'm, cool. I'm a big fan of The Shape of Water, which takes a lot of inspiration from from that. Which is so cool because uh, in re- I, I don't mean to keep talking about YouTube stuff. Yeah. I'm not a YouTuber, but I cash their checks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I do a Universal Monster videos, and yeah. uh, when I was doing the research for the creature from the Black Lagoon, Guillermo del Toro did that movie, Shape of Water, which I haven't seen. Yeah. But the the reason he did that movie is because he was like, "Oh, what happened? What would happen if you know there was a way for these creatures to be romantic with the beautiful woman?" Yeah. And I just think that's so cool yeah. that some kid was watching this movie. Yeah. And was like, "No, I, I need the monster to get with the girl." Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a Shape of Water is cool because that is what it is, but it's also it's told in the backdrop of i think cold war mm. stuff so yeah it's I need a to watch it. yeah i need i need to watch a lot of those monster re- i i feel like this is this is why i'm excited specifically about this horror project we have coming up because it gives you a chance to yeah yeah well well we have we have you that's such a fan of like all these classic monster movies and i'm not going to reveal the monster but we have right. a good monster in this yeah and we're going to get to put you in that world and then we have gunner who writes his own horror yeah has a very strong sense of of theme and the yeah. the like moral aspect of a lot of these of a creature features yeah yeah and he's also going to be acting opposite you and then i just like get to find a way to put you two together in that and it's gonna be so great i have some like dope visuals lined yeah. up we yeah. have some cool camera guys we're looking at it's uh, hopefully it's gonna just be amazing yeah yeah and uh yeah if you're if you're one of the people used to us doing comedy i'd, I'd still give this film a chance i feel like you'll You'll yeah. get a lot from It'll it. It'll probably still be a little funny. I mean, I we do have jokes in it yeah. as of now. Yeah. I can't I can't write anything without some something. Jokes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just too tied into your roots. Yeah. <laughs> um I watched Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl again. Yeah. In my opinion. Do you like those movies? The first three at least? Have you watched I do I uh I have not seen. I think I've only seen the first two. I haven't seen the last two. The, there's, there's the last three. Last three. What's a, they did another one not too long ago, remember? And it did not do well. Oh, I don't think I saw that one either. I think yeah. I've only seen the first two. I really like the set pieces of the second one, like yeah, when there's that that whole battle on the spinning wheel. That's, that's yeah, cool. dude. It's so sick. Also, man, the Davy Jones VFX have not been topped, dude. And I think it's, and I'm sure there's smarter people than i that have talked about this in depth i think it's because they found a style yeah and they just stuck to it yeah it wasn't I've, about being hyper realistic i've seen vfx artists talk about this corridor talked about it at mm. one point i've seen some of the vfx artists behind that talk about it it's just the perfect storm of they it was at a time where you couldn't just throw VFX on anything. You had to really carefully think through every shot. Mm-hmm. So it's all like lit and planned for that. And then also it's it's a guy that looks mostly human, but not all the way human. Yeah. And so you don't dip into the Uncanny Valley. Uh, a lot of the stuff like takes place kind of in the dark where they're under the ship. And that's easier for CGI yeah. lighting. And Dude, that yeah. first movie, in my opinion, is a perfect movie. Yeah. And everything from storytelling to the performances to the visuals 
everything. There's a there's this uh, video essay. I know I've sent it to you before, where it talks about. I think it's called like Pirates of the Caribbean accidentally genius. Uh huh. And it just talks <laughs> yeah. about how everything yeah. in that movie is perfect. Yeah. And. It probably wasn't on purpose. <laughs> that's a, that's everything I hear about the Jerry Buckheimer. Yes. Is that the, yeah, man. All, he, he has a crazy reputation. Have you heard any of the BTS for Vanilla Sky? No. Because uh, he had just come off a really big movie. I forget what. I think it was Top Gun. Did Might he produce been, Top yeah, Gun? Yeah, he did, yes. Yeah. They're coming off the success of Top Gun. They're at the top of the world. We're doing another movie with Tom Cruise. He spends like the whole shoot just every night going out till the early hours of the morning snorting a ton of coke and then he just stumbles into set the and next he's like, like this yeah and and does it work out i haven't seen that movie. it's it's a fine movie it's not my friend that's into nascar likes it but it's it's not the type of thing where if you're not into nascar you're like gung-ho about it but the crazy thing is is like tom cruise was on his game during that movie like he yeah my friend explained it to me that that he is at the talent level that if he dropped out of acting, he could race professionally and probably win Do a really lot of well. races. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It's like James Dean. Yeah. Not to drop some more uh, old Hollywood <laughs> knowledge on you. Yeah. James Dean, before he died, was thinking about quitting acting to pursue racing. Yeah. Your, uh, your rival pitches come out by now. So. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Uh-huh. I thought that was just something I did on my own time. I forgot that was for this. <laughs> I just be like 3 a.m., 16 pages deep in Wikipedia yeah. on a subject that I didn't even think about before that night. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but the you should do you should do yourself a favor and just watch that Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy. Okay. Because if you haven't seen the third one, yeah, it's like you know I think the first one's amazing. The others have their problems. You know their ups and downs. But I mean that trilogy. It's kind of yeah. like exactly what a big blockbuster trilogy should be. Sure, yeah. It's what Star Wars wishes it was. That's what <laughs> I'll say. She's throwing smoke at Star Wars. I don't know, dude. I, I don't know. I don't like Star Wars. <laughs> nah, I feel it, it could I feel be it. fine. It could be a great trilogy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you didn't watch the original trilogy when you were a child, you probably missed out on it. Like, I feel that way about a lot of things because I there's a lot of stuff I didn't see when I was a kid that I've seen as an adult. And some of it, like like SpongeBob, hits even more as an adult. Right. But, uh, yeah, some other stuff. Like Holes, Holes is fine. I mean, yeah, that's one that I think I think you just missed it. Yeah. Because I could, like, I watched Holes not too long ago, maybe a year ago. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this movie's amazing. Yeah. And I think it's just because there's so much nostalgia yeah to it. oh shoot the the high school musical stuff high school musicals another see one. i'm 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 in a rough spot because i am like i'm like the youngest of millennials but i still get looped in with the millennials mm-hmm. and almost everything millennials are into i kind of didn't grow up with and like so high school like musical a, is one of those big things and like it's kind of yeah. even having a resurgence i just i have no have you ever watched no attachment it? to it I think I've seen like the first one, but uh, I mean that's all you really do. See. Yeah. I mean, the, people argue the second one's better. Yeah, I don't think anyone would say that the third one's any good. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: if you, I mean, I was I was in school when those movies. I was in elementary school when those movies were coming out, and it was just like the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, like I mean, 
if you would have asked me at eight years old, mm-hmm. like, hey, what do you think made more money in the box office? High School Musical or uh, Goodwill Hunting? <laughs> I'd be like, no one went to see Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. And the person doing the interview would be like, High School Musical didn't even release in theaters. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, this wasn't the highest grossing movie of all time? I mean, yeah, I mean, it was the hugest thing in the world, High School Musical. It's been a long time since I've seen those. Sure. But I mean, I think that I, the first one, at least, I think it falls in the same vein as like Grease, Hairspray, all of those kind of like high school musicals. Sure. Yeah. When it's like they hold up because they weren't trying to be anything yeah. crazy. Like yeah. it is exactly what it set out to be. Yeah, that's all I got. Oh, that's all I got to say about that. I think I think we should we should compile a list of everything we recommend in this episode. Mm. I could just be the episode. We'll just give you guys movies to watch. Yeah, High School Musical, Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, horrors, horrors, not whores. <laughs> Very Little different. Shop. That's a different movie. movie. I'm sure that movie exists though. One hundred percent. It, there's got it. I mean, yeah. I mean, you it's know, probably you know not available that. anywhere but online. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh, man. What else? Have I, oh my god! Have I not talked about Matt Farley on this podcast? No, I don't. Think I don't so. think I have. I don't. Think this so. has been my obsession recently. Yes. Everybody listening. And Chase. I still got to watch it, yeah. Is to watch this movie called Don't Let the River Beast Get You. <laughs> it is It is on YouTube for free. It is also on Tubi, as long as, as, long as like half of this guy's movies. That's so funny. So this guy, his name is Matt Farley. If you know him, you probably know him from his music because he has like over 40,000 songs on Spotify. Yeah, I got to look that up. His, his whole deal is he used to have a band. They worked really hard on an album. Their most popular song made like a dollar in streams. The average song made like 75 cents. And he's like, that, that's not a lot of money for 10 songs. But if I had 40,000 songs making 75 cents each, I'd be making a good living. And so that's what he did. And he uses all of those songs to, to fund little movies <laughs> that he shoots just in his hometown the same people are in every movie. It's just a bunch of his his friends. And there's such this fun charm to them. And a lot of them <laughs> are framed like monster movies, but they're really comedies. And it, they're really comedies about a small town. And the monster is this thing that unites them all. And Don't Let the River Beast Get You is his magnum opus. It has such a funny style to it. It feels very homemade. I see you. What, what guy, album are you scrolling? This is his most recent one, which is where he just made songs about a bunch of famous people. Yeah. It's so funny. So a lot of his Spotify profiles are like, he'll sing a song about every name. So he'll have like the Robert song and the Chase song. Oh, and yeah. he'll he'll sing a happy birthday song for every name. He'll sing a song about every city. And so he'll go state yeah. by state. He'll look up every city. He'll look up facts about every city and just make a quick song for it. He makes songs about a bunch of famous people. He has a lot of songs about poop because he said that when people first get Spotify after they search their favorite artists, they usually search something random like 
poop, and so his poop songs make the most money. Why does he, why does he know that? Why do people do that? <laughs> well, no, but he's he's found this little quirk in people, and he's made a lot of money off it, and he's made a lot of movies off it too. So funny. He does. If you're interested in him as a person, he made a little indie movie called Local Legend that is essentially an autobiographical movie. So it's about him recording these songs and making these indie movies. He has a day job where he works at a nursing home. He covers all that. He also, I need to call the guy because he puts his phone number out everywhere and he'll he'll answer, a, apparently. He's such an interesting person. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean you're looking at these songs and it's like, I mean, he's got so many, and often they've got like 30,000 streams. Yeah. So he must be making some good money. Yeah. I, I Googled it. And a, a few years ago, they said he was making about 65000 a year, which is it isn't great. But it's, it's not great, but it's a it's more than I make. And he, he makes one of these little movies about every year now. And he says so that cool. each movie he spends about... He has this funny line in his autobiographical movie where he says, each movie costs about the price of a used car and it might sound like, why are you spending all that money on these movies? But at the end of the day, I'd rather have 10 movies than 10 used cars. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Does he have a YouTube channel? Because that's where he puts his movies up, right? Uh, so his movies, he self-distributes them. And so a lot of them are on Tubi. A few of them have gotten sold to these YouTube channels that like post really low budget movies. So that's where River Beast is at right now. And then his his production company is called Moturn Media. He and a director that directs all this stuff yeah. like, co-own it. That's so funny. Yeah, he's he's just one of the most creatively inspiring people to be yeah. at the moment. Cause he's I think he's like He's in his mid-40s at this point, and he's still doing exactly what he wants to do. It's so cool. Because, like, his movies just have such a small-town feel to them, and if they were any bigger, it would, like, ruin the whole thing. And so he's not tried to go Hollywood or anything. <laughs> he just wants to make tiny movies in his hometown with his so friends. Funny. It feels just like when you were a kid and yeah. you took your little digital camera around and made funny skits, but it's like adults doing it. And yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But if you, if you want to get into it, river beast is this magnum opus. He has a song <laughs> called, he has a, I think it's called like marriage and murders in manch Vegas or something like that. That's his second best movie. And it, it, it has so many different plot lines. It shouldn't work, but it does. <laughs> And he has his autobiographical movie, Local Legends, and then he has this really silly movie. It's his silliest movie, so it's it's called Slingshot Cops. And the whole thing hey, is I'm in. these cops are trying to catch this guy, and the villain is called Sensefoot. And his whole deal is he takes off his shoes and his feet glow blue. <laughs> And if he touches you with his bare feet, he steals your senses, depending on what part. So, like, if his bare foot touches your nose, you lose your sense of smell. Yeah. If his bare foot touches your ear, you lose your hearing. And then if his bare foot touches, touches your, your bare, bare foot, foot, it kills you. 
Dude, this guy's on a whole nother level. Yeah. We we could probably get him on this show, right? I was thinking about this. I'm gonna try to call him. <laughs> if he picks up, yeah. Be like, dude. Dude, come on, written by. Gotta come on yeah. the show. It's right up your alley. No yeah. one listens. <laughs> There's no money to be made. He does have a podcast too. Oh, it's of a, course he yeah, does. Yeah. Like, what is it? I forget what it's called. I think it's just called like Moturn Media Podcast or something. Is it? Is it like the only serious thing he does? Like everything's so silly, and then this is actually like we're going to talk about war. So, <laughs> it, it it's a cool look into him, but uh, he's kind of himself in these later episodes. But I've heard that in earlier episodes, he'll kind of play his own character a little bit, mm. where he'll kind of present himself as like he is an auteur filmmaker that nobody gets or mm. something. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've been talking about this guy for months, and I still haven't watched it. Yeah. I need to. I need to. I just, the, literally the second you stop talking about him, I forget he exists. Uh-huh. And I think that's his charm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That guy, man, he's he's on a, a whole new level. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you got you got you got anything else these people should watch? I don't know. I mean, okay, you okay. Watch my things. You did you did that whole video about the Universal monster movies? Like, out of all of them, yes. if you were to watch one Universal monster movie again right now? Yeah, because like you, you watch a lot of older movies which i I think is is really cool and so like a lot of the things you watch are things that younger people or even people our age would miss out on i so my favorite of the universal monster movies is the invisible man the original from the 1930s yeah um which is probably why we did that western short with the invisible man yeah i mean it's so funny yeah and i think that's why i liked it so much is because it's literally just this guy and he goes crazy, yeah, and just starts terrorizing this town, and it's just so funny. Um, I love that one. I just recently watched Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and I'd never really watched a lot of Abbott and Costello movies in general, and so I I thought it was a blast. I highly recommend it. It has Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Wolfman, and then Abbott and Costello, and then the Invisible Man shows up too, which is sick. But uh, Vincent Price. Um, who you've probably heard of Vincent Price's name. If not, you've definitely heard Vincent Van Gogh, which is the Scooby-Doo version of Vincent uh, Price, voiced by Vincent Price for the most part. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. I think so. Okay. I could be wrong on that. I don't okay. think the most recent stuff that the Vincent Van Gogh yeah. character has been in because he's dead. But yeah. I just recently started watching Vincent Price movies, mm-hmm. and not too long ago, I think we talked about it. I watched the the Haunting on the house on the hill or something like that. Yeah. And it's where that skeleton is credited as an actor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that movie was like so good. I, I just recently gotten into Vincent Price. He's so fun. Yeah. Once on a on a student film in the credits, I uh I credited C Stand as one of the boom ops because That's nice. I only had a boom op for half of the shoot, so the other half it was just on a C stand. Yeah, you don't so want to credit he, he that got boom a credit, op yeah. for the whole thing. Yeah. He only did half the work. Exactly. He doesn't deserve full credit. Yeah, C stand gets a few credit. That might That's be good funny. for his career. It's hard to stand out as a C stand. There are a lot of it C is. stands out there. There's a billion. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I recommend Invisible Man movies. All of those old Frankenstein movies. One thing that I'm going to do soon, because I'm not going to lie. When you're watching movies from the 30s, yeah, most of them suck. <laughs> Yeah. Like there's a charm to all those movies, but yeah. like there's just like it's interesting to see how much like just like storytelling pacing changes. Yeah. Because it's only yeah. most of those movies are only 60 minutes. Yeah. But they they really kind of sludge through sometimes. Yeah. And uh but all the Frankenstein ones are solid. But uh one thing that I'm going to be doing hopefully soon is so after the Universal monster movies happened, they stopped in the fifties. A little later, a movie studio called Hammer Films mm-hmm. took over, and they started making Frankenstein and Dracula. And that's where you get the Christopher Lee Dracula movies. Yeah. That's where you kind of get the more like I don't know because I haven't watched them yet, but I think those are the versions that most people, when they think of these creatures in pop culture, are talking about. Yeah. Instead of the black and white old ones, I think they're more so talking about like, you know, you got the dude from Lord of the Rings playing Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, so my plan is to watch through those and then like kind of like put them up against the universal and be like, which ones were better? Yeah. But we'll see when That's I get to cool that. That's a cool idea. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I recommend all of, all of those. I don't like the mummies. The mummy movies oh. suck. Yeah. <laughs> until Brendan Fraser shows up. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, you showed me one of the old mummy movies where they didn't even wrap the dude up. He's just in like a rubber suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks like it's a rubber suit. Yeah. Does it look? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they could have at least taped some actual gauze like over the suit, but it's just. So in the first mummy movie, the one in the '30s, they did. They yeah. wrapped him in gauze. Yeah. And like it was like a painstaking makeup yeah. process. Yeah, I'm sure. And then by the time it got to the 50s, they were like, just put them in a rubber suit. <laughs> just uh, who cares? Yeah. We got to make our day. <laughs> no one's watching these. So yeah, yeah, that's my thoughts on those movies. Cool. Yeah. And if you want his whole thoughts, go over to his YouTube channel. Give him some clicks so he yeah, could dude. he could buy stuff for our podcast. I hit 50,000 <laughs> views two days ago. Nice. I'm already almost 60,000 views on that video. I've spent my whole life being like making a video. We've all done it. Everybody mm-hmm. does it. You make yeah. a video and you post it somewhere, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and you're like, this is it. People are going <laughs> to watch it. Yeah. And then finally, at 24 years old, something that I made by myself has views. That's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. But, yeah. you know, views don't mean anything. That's true, but that those YouTube checks you've been cashing do. Dude, so. <laughs> you. I mean, listen, fellas, YouTube is paying a lot of money right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because the uh, the Universal Monster movie YouTube videos are just hot. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a lot of money. Yeah, and high, like and scale. It's not a ton of money. Don't uh-huh. get me wrong, but it's more money than I was making. Yeah. For free, making videos for free. Yeah. I'm very excited about it though. Nice. Yeah. We have um we have some like we want to focus on YouTube stuff with written by too. We yeah, have some ideas, yeah. but I don't want to say them in case we don't end up actually doing them. Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna try some stuff out. But uh dude, hearing you talk about the monster movies, 
I'm gonna recommend a movie that I like a whole lot. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna tease to this project Ooh. that we're doing. This is this is like one of the biggest inspirations for my writing on this horror short we're doing. So, you know, we've been talking about all these horror movies, like have these themes behind them. They're often like these really these really dark, dramatic, intense themes, but then mm. the monster and action element makes it really fun and palatable. Yeah, mm. yeah. This is this is almost the version of my horror movie with no monster in it. There's this movie called The Starling Girl, and mm. I'm really interested to see because because a lot of us. A lot of the people watching our stuff come from the comedy stuff. They also come from a lot of shaman stuff. So they come yeah. from a lot of the Christian scene. And this yeah. this takes place, our short we're doing and this movie takes place kind of in there. The movie is about this girl in a, a fundamentalist Christian community. And it it is a really like kind of sad movie, but it's really powerful at the same time. And the horror short we're going to do isn't exactly about the same thing, but it's roughly the same the same theme mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm interested to see because i i love this movie and i think it's really great and it's called the starling girl one of the dudes from it's always sunny is in there and it's cool seeing him do dramatic stuff but uh yeah it's uh I, i'm excited to see if if similar to how you're talking about the frankenstein movie is kind of about humanity creating mon- well creating monsters also being the monster about how you know the thing about mccarthyism and paranoia and you wouldn't want to watch those movies without a monster i'm curious to see if uh what the monster movie version of starling girl looks like yeah and that's what we're doing that's so sick yeah yeah monster movies are something that i never thought that i would be into yeah but it's like you were saying earlier like it's really cool how it's like uh it's a goofy movie mm-hmm. with a monster but it actually is like it's got the same it's got not maybe not the same but very similar themes to a lot of like oscar bait drama movies yeah yeah and yeah starling girl it is a hard watch it, is, it isn't the only frame of inspiration i'm not just doing that movie but also like this short we're doing, it kind of thematically has a lot to do with some of the stuff we do for like Shama too. It's yeah. just in a very different way. Yeah. Cause it is gonna be in a an intense like horror watch, but it is kind of a, about a lot of the same things. So i It comes from the same place. Yeah. Yeah. The the place that we're in when we do yeah. those kind of things. But yeah, maybe the, not the, when I won't, we won't speak for Shama. Exactly. Not yeah. the place that he comes from, maybe, when he makes a thing, yeah, but where but we come yeah, from. Yeah, how we, we find an in into his yeah. world. But yeah, that, that that's my pitch for our audience to watch that film whenever it comes out. Plus, we're in it. Yeah. So you better support it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Starling Girl is great. Uh, how long have we been talking? Let's see. 50 minutes. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because when I was rambling for a little bit about those movies, I was uh-huh. like, that was either five minutes or 45 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, I know I could go on about Matt Farley for an entire podcast. Yeah. And I I might I might follow in your footsteps and make a YouTube video about it. I think you should. I've, I've watched over half of his movies. I need to watch the rest of them. You should do. Dude, I'm... This is what I've been watching today 
It's not a movie or a show, but it's a one of those YouTube video essays. It's yeah. four hours long, uh-huh. and it's about Lost, the show yeah. Lost. One of my favorite YouTubers, his name is Billiam, and uh, for like the past few years, he's been doing these giant video essays, hours and hours long, about the whole show Lost. So he did one about the first season, yeah. one about the second and third season. And now he's doing one about the fourth and fifth season, and then he's got one coming out later this month about the last season. And it's just like total, like uh-huh. 12 hours. Yeah. And he's just going in, super in-depth on the show Lost. I, uh, yeah, I like video essays if they're well done, but usually if I see something that long, I'm not watching it. The last time I tried to watch a long video essay, it was about Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh. And it was like two hours long, and it started off really cool. And I was like, I was working while I did it. And at some point, I look up from my editing and realize we're an hour and a half into this video essay about inside. And he's talking about like us implanting computer chips into our brain and how that's going to change fundamentally what humanity is. Like, wait, hold on. How did we get here? here? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought you were going to say it was one of the victorious or iCarly uh, like, six hour video <laughs> essays. So funny because I love those. I again didn't grow up on those, so I you know. yeah. I mean, I think you would still really like the victorious okay. one because it kind of comes from a place of like who let these freaks make kids TV. <laughs> That's and yeah. I think you would really like it. Yeah, because it definitely has. It feels like a very like you personality. Because you're like, not you, particular. Uh-huh. I always struggle with that word. It just comes from a place of like, yo, what in the world are you yeah. letting children? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I've heard crazy stuff about some of the old Nickelodeon shows, which again, I didn't watch any of them. But yeah. I grew up on them. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 You guys, you guys have a lot of movies you need to watch. And uh, YouTube video essays. Yeah. See, I'm probably not going to get to the Matt Farley video because I, I have a lot of stuff I need to watch in preparation for this film. Like, I got a bunch of new recommendations earlier this week. Yeah. Yeah. I need uh, to watch a lot the of The big movie. one was uh, Signs by M. Night yeah. Shyamalan. Yeah. Still haven't seen Signs. Which, it's a good movie. Yeah. I will say it's not my favorite in that yeah. movie. I have only seen... The Village and oh, actually, I said I only seen two. I've seen The Village, I've seen Unbreakable, and Knock at the Cabin. Mm. Knock at the Cabin is a really good movie. I haven't seen Knock at the Cabin yet. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know how how many M Night movies I've seen. Yeah, Sixth Sense, Signs, and that might be it. Yeah, I will say there's a really good Sixth Sense like ripoff movie called oh. The Others. Oh, I know about this movie. Have you seen it? Again, I haven't seen it, but I've had the end spoiled for me. So Dang, son. I know. Yeah. I really like that. Well, I haven't seen that since my film criticism class in high school. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know if it actually holds up, but I liked it in high school. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it sucks about those plot twist movies. Is if you get the twist spoiled for you, sometimes they're not always that fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Gunner was saying that it it's still a great movie, even if you oh, know yeah. the twist. Oh. Whereas again, like some of those movies, like they are great, but as soon as you know the twist, it's like, well, that was the main magic trick of it. My favorite movie ever has a big plot twist, The Prestige. Yeah. yeah. 
And That's true. every yeah. time I watch that movie, I go into it being like, I know the twist, so I'm going to yeah. keep my eye out yeah. and try to see all the cool, like, yeah. e- like you know, things along the way that show you that you could have guessed it. I always get too invested about 15 minutes in, totally forget about the twist. And then when the twist happens, I go, oh, I forgot to be looking. <laughs> I forgot to be looking for the things, yeah. the clues. Dude, here's a question I really like asking people. Mm. What what movie character do you think has the personality most similar to you? Mm. That is a good question. Do you have your answer for you? I do have an answer. Yeah. You go first while I think. Yeah. I uh ever since a kid, and I think this is true of a lot of kids, which is why the movies are so big, but Peter Parker is someone you just relate to. Mm-hmm. But like more specifically as an adult, Peter B. Parker. The Jake Johnson Spider-Man from Spider-Verse, I feel like kind of is, especially like that first Spider-Verse movie where he is. Like, I feel like, I feel like that character. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> like, you get like, as, as a kid, I felt like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. And then, an outcast. Yeah. And then as an adult, the, uh, the more sad Peter Parker that just has a lot going on and is trying to juggle relationships and work <laughs> and everything. And he's kind of failing at everything when we start the movie, but he eventually finds his footing again. Like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I mean, what do you think of that character I am? Cause I don't know. Yo, it's hard to think. I don't I mean, it's hard to say for someone else. Yeah. Cause I don't, Part of the answer is it's it's fun seeing how people, how people see, see themselves. themselves. Yeah, I don't know. Um, hmm. I I can't I can't remember any movie I've ever seen. <laughs> no, I have um, I'm gonna say just off the top of my head. I don't know. I th- yeah. I'm gonna say. Uh, Rick Dalton from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Um, okay. Not because I'm a has-been, because I haven't even been yet. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he just goes with that movie trying to be a big star. Yeah. And he just kind of has that internal struggle of like, uh, I mean, just that scene when he's in his trailer and just throwing a fit oh, yeah. because he couldn't get the line right. And then the scene when he's with the little girl for the TV show and, and you know, he does a really good job and the director gives him the praise and he just is on top of the moon, but it only lasts until the next thing. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, I'm not a good actor, but I am. And then I oh, know I'm not. And it, yeah. I, I go through the similar highs and lows of like, yeah. Thinking I'm the king of the world and just hating myself. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> it does make sense. Yeah. I've, yeah, yeah. I've witnessed this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I sometimes yeah. it'll be seconds. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm the best, but you know, you could probably kill me. <laughs> Someone should. That's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder. I wonder if in your career you'll have a set experience similar to when he and that girl are in the like the kid are in that scene together. Yeah, and she's like, that was the best acting I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, no, I think. I mean, you recently helped me shoot an audition thing, mm-hmm. and I felt like Rick Dalton in the trailer oh, when yeah. he was like. Just screaming at himself. Yeah. That's how I felt internally. Dude, can we talk about that audition? Yeah, is of that course. A- <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it. Because you, 
you you sent out a bunch of stuff to some agencies and you got some responses and one of the agencies wanted to see you do a commercial audition and mm-hmm. so you shot a, a pizza hut audition <laughs> do you remember do you remember the script because uh, by yeah. the end of tapey we both knew it <laughs> guys 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 it was a struggle no literally by the end i was watching robert mouth the words <laughs> what while was it? i it was, was trying to it was pesto was there pesto with the crust sweet, sweet basil sweet sweet basil <laughs> there's parsley uh sweet parsley sweet basil parsley and garlic and something sprinkled up the crust and then romano cheese sprinkled yeah. all around the crust and when you're just trying to fight first of all i've never even heard of those ingredients yeah garlic i was like i know that one mm-hmm. and you're trying to fire those off Dude, I don't even know how to say parsley right. Uh It was rough. Needless to say, I didn't hear back. (laughs) (laughs) Commercial stuff is a lot harder than people think it is. Yeah. And people people wonder why those actors get paid so much. But partly it's because putting your face behind a brand is a super big deal. Mm -hmm. Because you're kind of being the face of whatever this company does in perpetuity as long as they want you to be the face. Yeah. That could have consequences. Like, I've been trying to do this sketch for forever. I just need to come up with an ending. But uh, Mm -hmm. actors run into this with stock photos all the time. Well, they'll make a quick buck posing for a bunch of stock photos. (laughs) And then you think about this. Because I once, when I was a kid, I saw a billboard that was like, child predators are on the loose. Call this number. And there's a dude's face, like, mean mugging the camera. And just imagine, like, as an actor doing stock photos, he probably did 500 photos. And one of them were like, okay, let's do about, like, 20 mean ones. And he did this. And now he's the face of child predators. It's like that. Uh, I think we even, I think it's in the bowl. The face of unemployment. Oh, yeah. Because during the pandemic, the New York Times or something read an article about unemployment. And it's just one guy's face and it wasn't even like a stock photo it's like yeah. they just pulled some they dude from online him. yeah and he's the face of unemployment that's so funny yeah. but yeah that's a that's why actors make a lot of money and also because there's a lot of money being put in those commercial shoots and it's because it has to be right like they'll put a lot of money on the front end because whatever is gotten on that day like has to be perfect like slipping up even the tiniest bit isn't an option that's why that's why commercial directing is such a hard thing to get into because they have to know that you're perfect it's similar with actors like as soon as like all the set drama comes down like you just need to be on cue yeah or just say the exact thing over and over again and make it still sound human and and natural it is like such a tough skill to get a nail down yeah that's really funny though <laughs> yeah. yeah dude that was i was so I, yeah i remember thinking that when i was like like 11 or something when i saw this like that's a dude's face and that dude he's not a predator but I mean, like a be. lot of people are gonna think <laughs> he could be we don't know yeah you see not to not to talk bad about any famous people uh-huh. you've have you been seeing that tweet going around it's like a-list actors george clooney so-and-so so-and-so they reached out to sag and was yeah. like, hey, we will give you X amount of money to try to help yeah. get this uh, strike over. Yeah. And in all of the tweets, it's like, A-list actors 
and they start off with George Clooney, mm-hmm. and then I can't remember the other two, and then at the end, it's always Tyler Perry. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Dude, you need to be careful. We have some ties to Tyler Perry. I know. That's why I was like, I need to say it. <laughs> we have some personal ties with Tyler Perry, and also Tyler Perry is like the main source of work in the Southeast. Everybody be working at his studios. Listen, man, I don't know. A-list? I think he would tell you that's pushing it. Well, I saw I saw somebody respond to that tweet. All of the actors they reach out to are also producers. And they make a lot of money producing films that yeah, they aren't in. And so that's why they're incentivized to try to he end the does, strike. He does produce. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. And he writes a lot. Yeah. I have I've stood next to him before. I was nice. filming in a What was that like? I mean, did he feel like just a regular person or did he have I mean, the air? A hundred percent. No, like 90% of those people feel like there is only one famous person that I've been around. that's like, he really does feel otherworldly. Who was it? Joel Osteen. Oh, that makes sense. Joel Osteen does not feel like a real person. He's the only person that he looks exactly like what he looks like on TV in mm. real life. Like he feels like the TV personality. Most people you're used to seeing them on TV and then you see them in real life and you have the revelation that they're like they're just, just a, a guy. Person. Like Tyler Perry. Like even like people have to do a certain camera face, but they have just the air of a normal person. Like he, mm. his camera face is his forever face. Right. Ghost dude is. Like Tyler Perry, I don't, how tall is he? You were near him. He is pretty tall. Again, like I, taller than me? I had to film something on a stage and he was on the front seat. So like I was mm. never facing him, but mm. Because that's yeah. the thing I've come across. Like, I meet, like, a famous person, and I'm like, yeah. I'm taller than them. That's, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what I don't know what that has to do with anything in life. Uh-huh. But, like, evolutionary, yeah. I'm above them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise, you'd be my waist. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're going to come across someone taller than you, though. I have before. Oh, and yeah. it makes me uncomfortable. Like, oh. in just real life. Like, just yeah. a dude. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy that played the vampire and Sing With Fangs, JP. Oh, yeah. He's a lot taller than me. Yeah. Two whole inches. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Being tall isn't important, but it feels nice. Yeah, I'm sure. That's one of those things where it's like, I mean, there is too tall. Yeah. It, it You know, back problems, planes are miserable. Yeah. But I would much rather be 6'4 than 5'4". That's true, yeah. yeah. I, I like the height I'm at. I will say, like, I've never felt a way about my height, but I started to realize people on the internet were clowning people because I'm 5'9", mm. and 5'9 is notoriously the height that shorter people lie about being and, oh, when they're trying to dang. seem taller. Like, we have a friend that said he was 5'9 for the longest time. And I was like, no, you're not, because I am, and you're shorter than me. Who's the friend? Shama. I, okay, I thought so. I just wanted you to say yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to out my boy like that. But yeah, Shama said he was 5'9 for the longest time. And then he posts on the internet, I just found out I wasn't 5'9. It's like, I could have told you that. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah. Um, you should just say you're 5'10. Okay, yeah. Because you wear boots a lot, so you probably are 5'10 walking around. Maybe. I don't feel like the boots add a lot. I have these running shoes that definitely add a lot, but yeah, you wear you wear Doc Martens like, a lot. Those, I'm not wearing my Docs right now. I don't feel shorter, but yeah, which maybe also I am. you don't come across as a short guy. 
Yeah. I have friends that they come across. That's good. Yeah. There's a, there's an energy. There is. Like every once in a while you meet a short person that doesn't have short person energy. You're like, like, whoa. That's what you need. Yeah. 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 Oh, look at this guy. Yeah. You just like, look, if you're listening and you're short, just don't worry about it. If you don't try to compensate for it, it stops being a problem. That's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. That's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. Got any other movies? Dude, I don't know. I think it's about time to wrap up. There's a great movie called I Like Movies that everyone should watch. It's a Canadian movie. It's really dramatic and really funny. And the lead actor in it is incredible. Like the 17-year-old kid. Yeah, you were telling me about it. It yeah, sounds really good. That guy's going to be a star. He's he's one of those people. He's at the top of my list of people I want to work with. And he's young enough that I think I'll get to work with him. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. And dude, the, the what sealed the deal, though, is he... He's the coolest kid. He's playing like this, this self-obsessed movie nerd, like the worst version of a letterbox kid. And it's about him kind of getting humbled throughout the course of the movie. I like movies. Great movie. But he gives this great, just funny, super dramatic performance. I've heard him in interviews. His like acting idols are Philip Seymour Hoffman and Danny DeVito, which Mm. for like a 17 year old, like you were on the right track with those two. But then what sealed the deal of like why I need to work with him is he he makes music and he has a hyper pop album. And you're and like, oh, yeah, it's the funniest stuff. Yeah. His his most popular song is a song called Danny DeVito. And That's it's a really beggar. Funny. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, last movie to close this out. I watched Sleepy Hollow again the other night, dude. It's such a great movie. Yeah. You, you haven't seen it, right? It was I still a need to see it. Ago. I am going to watch it and I'm going to watch it this month. Yeah. You need to. The yeah. vibes are just immaculate. Yeah. That's one of those that you could watch on Halloween night. Yeah. Yeah. I might do that. So sick. Yeah. We're we're gonna be working Halloween night. Yeah. I mean only for a little. Night's gonna be young when we're done. No. No, we're gonna be there all night. All till night. three in the morning. Oh. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You didn't get that memo? I wasn't given that memo. But we uh, all get to go home. You have to stay till three AM. Oh. Well, what am I going to film if everyone else is home? Yourself. They're going to be like, we don't have enough you in these videos. <laughs> they want me to film like Blair Witch style. Yeah. Just myself. Running around the building. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to get out. I've been here for hours. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for watching this episode. Listening to this episode. Yeah, guys. Uh, our email is written by podcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us at written by pod everywhere mm-hmm. dude be following our po- personal instagrams too as we're on this cool hiatus going, we'll yeah. still be posting cool stuff and uh if everything goes as planned hopefully we'll be having some stuff coming out pretty consistently on the written by yeah youtube and instagram yeah. and everything yeah uh, we so aren't yeah. gonna we aren't gonna leave you high and dry like no. at minimum we'll probably have like a thing a month but uh yeah yeah guys rival pitch finale next week uh whoa you're gonna you're gonna want to you're gonna want to watch this one you can listen but there is a visual element element to it if you haven't seen our one from last year it was a ton of fun on youtube yeah and it's only gonna be bigger this year yeah yeah hey this has been a great ride thank you for being a part of it yeah we'll see you next week